Hi, hello and welcome to the Empowered Woman channel. If you're on YouTube, if you are on Anchor, Google, uh, Spotify, you will be on the Empowered Woman podcast. This is your host, Pastor Dapoli Pedi, and I want to welcome you to another session, another edition. On today's edition, I have with me Pastor Nick Yaksic. Hi, Nick. It's a pleasure to have you again. You know, we've had you once on the podcast and now we're having you again to come talk to us some more about the empowered woman. Um, I have down some of the thoughts from our last session and I'll be referring mm -hmm. to some of those. But I would like for us to start today um, as we read Genesis, you know, mm. it, Genesis chapter one. And I would like for us to read 27 and 28. For those of us listening you can just follow along or you can pull out your Bible and read with us. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And I want to start from verse 27. So okay. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, Nick, the reason I wanted to start here is in the beginning, God created man in his own image, number one. That's the starting point. Number two, he created him male and female. So in the beginning, he made them male and female. Not male and male, not female, female, male and female. And then God blessed them. God did not just bless the man. He didn't just bless the woman. He blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds, over every living thing that moves on the, on the earth. And we find though that there is a, I wouldn't call it a theory, but there's, um, it's almost a silent one where it's almost like, oh yeah, mm, the man is, is blessed, you know. <laughs> the woman just stays at home right. and she, she's, she's in the other room, she's in the kitchen, that's where her role is. But he blessed them in the beginning, both of them. And he said, be yeah. fruitful. He said, multiply and subdue. Mm. So when I'm talking about the empowered woman, you know, we've talked about this before. She's a strong woman. She's not afraid to face challenges. And she's a woman who knows her role. She knows who she is in Christ. Mm -hmm. And when you said to me, I'm married, married to an empowered woman, that was what you said. My wife knows yep. who she is in Christ. Oh, yeah. Now, there are women who know who they are in Christ, but this mentality of the weaker vessel is keeping yeah. them from stepping into the the role that God has given them. So talk to me, Nick, about this scripture that we just read. So a couple of things of that scripture. I, first off, I love this passage because um, uh, we actually did an entire study off of just this, this passage mm -hmm. um, for our church. Um, so okay. we spent like eight weeks just deep diving and what did it mean uh, to go and subdue the earth? What did that, what did that imply? Okay. Um, and a couple things I want to point out. So that first part where he talks about he made man his own image in his image, he made him, uh -huh. uh, he made him man or male and female. When that phrasing, we, we sometimes lose it in translation. 
but the Hebraic phrasing that they're using, right, it's a poem. So that little piece right there is this poetic form. And if you read it as a poem and, you know, I won't go into all this stuff, but you can break it down hermeneutically to all the little things that, that are found inside of there. When you break that down, it actually just man bearing the image of God, but male and female together bearing the image of God. Amen. And so there's just, it's a little different than how we've read it before where we're like, well, you know, I was created in his image and then, you know, she was taken from me. Mm -hmm. And the way that reads is by unity between male and female, between a man and a woman, it actually depicts the perfect image of God. Amen. So that's that first piece there is, is for any woman that's like, I know who I am in Christ. It's also recognizing that like in union with uh, my husband, um, I actually am, and I'm speaking to married women specifically, I am actually, um, I am with him uh, displaying the image of God perfectly. Um, because remember, if, if God made woman, uh, that means that woman also carries attributes of God. That's right. Which means that God has feelings and emotional things that are different than a guy. Yes. Um, he has things yes. that are totally different inside of him than just a strict male. Um, and so it's, it's this beautiful union that actually depicts the perfect image of God. And that's that first part. And so for those single women out there that are hearing this, let that be, let that just be encouragement to you that you're not just coming to the table to add something to a man's life. You're not just coming to the table to see how can I add something to his life? How can I make sure like you're entering this in the same breath as man adding something to your life. It is a two-way street because you both are displaying the image of God and in union, you're actually able to display that perfectly. So if you're single and you're, and you're thinking about marriage or you're thinking about you want to get married one day, just start asking the Lord, how can I display your image in my life? How can I display who I am created to be in you um, mm -hmm. so that when I am married, I'm bringing that image of God to the marriage that my husband's not capable of. Um, and so that's, that's pretty cool. Like, I, I just love that passage there. Um, and then when you talk about, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, yeah, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was just thinking about subdue. So like when you say be fruitful, multiply, mm -hmm. we constantly focus on that as the church, be fruitful, multiply. So what are women good for? Multiplying. Like yeah. that's the, kind of how we reduce that passage. It's, that it's, is true. It's garbage. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, ignore, we ignore the passages on either side. We ignore that the perfect image of God is displayed through man and mm -hmm. woman. And then we ignore right after that, this says, subdue the earth. Did he tell just man to subdue the earth? No, no he didn't. told male and female male to and subdue female. the earth. So there's another scripture that I want to I wanna bring up because this has stuck with me since the day I got married. On the day I got married, I had a wonderful man named Kanos Manyara who married us. And he is, uh, yeah, he's from Zimbabwe and he's a mm -hmm. pastor that came to America as a missionary, which I love. Mm -hmm. um, and I served underneath him and he was our mentor. Um, and so when he married us, he always just had this way of just pulling scripture that I had never read before. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought I had read everything. Mm -hmm. And he just pulled the scripture out at our wedding. And he says, one can thwart a thousand, yeah. but two, 10,000. Yes. And I was like, oh man, that's so good. And he goes, in the kingdom of God, it is not addition. It is multiplication. Yes. And I went, boom. I mean, everything in my head just ruptured at that moment. Because when he's saying, go and subdue the earth. He didn't mm -hmm. tell Adam to go and subdue the earth. He held off on that command until Adam had Eve, mm -hmm. until they were one. 
once they were one, then he said, okay, one can thwart a thousand, but two, 10,000. So now that you have the multiplication effect of the kingdom of God inside of you, go and subdue the earth. I mean, that's, that's wild that he waited until woman was on the scene, like until she was there, there was no subduing the earth. Adam was not commanded to do that. So when they both came together to do that for an empowered woman, that means you are called to subdue the earth. You are called to do that with your husband. You're called to do that even while you're single. This isn't something that you just like, you know, sit back and wait until you're married. Like there are things that, that God has called you to do and empowered you to do by his spirit. By that his is, spirit. It's unique. It's different. Mm-hmm. A dude can't mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And we need you in that space. And, and it would behoove us men to take a step back and just say, we need you. <laughs> we can't do this <laughs> but, on our own. But to be honest with you, Nick, um, it behooves men to step back and say, we need you. But what we find is that it's not it's not it's not what's going on right and i find that um as we talk to women and say you know and i'm sure as a pastor you've encountered this women who are struggling with their identity because while they're in christ they have accepted christ but they do not know who they are one because of their backgrounds two Mm -hmm. because of their life experiences three Mm -hmm. sometimes because they are single they feel like oh well i can't I can't right. make a difference because I'm single, but this is not what the scripture is telling us. No. Because in the beginning, he made them male and female, and he said, subdue together, right? Mm-hmm. But each person comes as an individual. We're coming differently. So talk to me, Nick, as a single woman, because my goal is not to just reach right. married yeah. women. We are, we, the, indi- the single women are created for a purpose. We've talked about that before. Absolutely. And when they find their purpose, they still struggle. What can we mm-hmm. say to them to help them come out of that struggle? I mean, maybe in one word, what word would you use besides empowered? Mm-hmm. Because again, for me, when you are empowered, we talked about this, M, in, power, power, the ability to do things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So as women, we have the empowerment, the ability to do things that, like you said, men cannot do. Mm. The men are not saying we need you. And even when they find their purpose, they are, they are afraid to step into it because of that struggle between the yeah. man and the woman. So how can we help them? How can we help the single women? Yeah, for, for single women, I mean, this is, there's two words that come to my mind um, that I just feel like the Holy Spirit's saying right now is rest and believe. So the, the, fir- the first piece, rest, um, if you read through the Gospels, um, women never had to go find Jesus somewhere. Jesus always mm. revealed himself to a woman. Yes, he always found so them. Like, I just read that somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she could be, you know, just hanging out at home and Jesus would come. Uh-huh. Um, Mary Magdalene, uh, love, 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 love the story of her finding Jesus at the tomb. She went to go find Jesus. Jesus found her. So women didn't need to go find God somewhere. God always came, came to them at the well. That's just how he, that's how he operated, mm-hmm. which I think is beautiful. Um, and, and I think with, uh, with men, <laughs> We had to go up to the mountain. Mm-hmm. We had to go and be alone in our prayer closet. We had, so so, we, had to, we had to get out <laughs> to go seek God and for us to meet with him. Yeah, yeah. Very different yeah. than how women would meet with God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just find that like 
resting in the knowledge that God is eager to meet with you. Amen. So as a, as a single woman, don't think that this is just based off of when I get married, then these things will happen. God mm -hmm. is eager to meet with you right now, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. right exactly where you're at. So mm -hmm. if you're, if you're sitting here and you're listening to this and you're watching this and you're like, man, I'm having the hardest time believe or uh, resting in the, in the knowledge of who I am in Christ. I'm having mm -hmm. the hardest time because what happens is when we step outside of rest is we start working. We try to work to works, get things yeah. to happen. And works just produce fleshy results. <laughs> sure. And works just produce garbage. Mm -hmm. So when we rest, um, we actually produce fruits. And you notice that a tree doesn't have to work to create a fruit. It just Something to produce it. Nick. Talking about that rest. Yeah. God had to put Adam himself to rest as, as an indication that if I'm going to work, you have to yeah. rest. You so have to I'm sorry, go back, go back to that's so good. helping the no, woman so to good. rest. You know, we, we don't rest as women, unfortunately. We don't, maybe, I don't know, maybe because no kidding. put us to rest. <laughs> I don't, I, some of that, there's, there's a couple things that I've, I've, and again, I'll kind of switch over from single to, to married again. Uh -huh. In the married realm, I found, and I've been guilty of this and had to repent of this, is I realized that in, in my culture, I was taught that since I go to work and I come home, I get mm -hmm. to rest when I come home because I uh -huh. work so hard. Mm -hmm. But my wife just kept working and working and working, and she would work. I mean, if I probably tallied the hours, it's probably 100 hours a week. Um, and so I For heard free. a pastor huh for free yeah for free yeah <laughs> I, I heard a pastor say this one time he goes he's like he's like i'm speaking to all the husbands in this congregation when you are off work you are not off work and it was like when he again when he said that i just kind of hit me i was like Ugh. like i just grew up with that idea of when i come home i'm off work you know i get to rest you gotta help me recharge so that i can make sure i go back to work and that was such a twisted mentality <laughs> Because I realized after a period of time, as strong as my wife is, as empowered as she is, mm -hmm. she got burnt out. Yeah. She got tired. Yeah. And finally, yeah. it just popped. And she's like, I need help with this. I need help with this. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, why is she nagging me? Why am I being nagged? And then I realized <laughs> she's not nagging. She's expressing out loud the things that I have literally suppressed inside of her by my own behavior. Wow. And so I think like when we say rest, like, yes, there's a rest from actual physical work. I think that's important. I think that men have to step it up a little bit and start taking care of the houses that they live in as well. Okay. Uh -huh. So like they live there, they eat off those dishes They're, You know, I, I dirty that floor. I can vacuum it. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that I need to do inside my house. If you're in a marriage where, you know, my wife gets the privilege of not having to go to work. She doesn't have to, she doesn't want to. Um, so that's a huge blessing in her. Uh, but in other cases, you got some married couples where the wife is also working. Mm -hmm. So you've got two people mm -hmm. working, yet yeah. the men still have this mentality of I get to chill when yeah. I come home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, well, yeah, I got to make dinner. I got to do it. And it's like, no, we got we to gotta take a step back and start saying like, this isn't a division of roles in that sense. This is unity. And how can we unify around each other? And men just asking the question, how can I help you today? How can what I can I do that? Again, yeah, goes back to the beginning because men and female created them. And he spoke to both of them to say, subdue the earth. So in subduing the earth, we can start at home you know, yep, by absolutely. leveling all those mountains. Um, I recently spoke to a, a young couple. Um, <laughs> the wife works, she works part-time. Yeah. And the husband works full-time. So he offered to take their little kid to daycare, 
one day because he was working from home. So he okay. said, oh, yeah. And it was the day she was working. So he said, go to work. Um, I'll take the kid. I'll take the child to daycare. And he overslept. <laughs> and did not take the child to daycare. Oh, my gosh. He could not get anything done that day. Oh, yeah. And uh, because the, 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 he said the most time he was able to take away was 20 minutes. Yeah. He couldn't shoot. I mean, so when the wife came back home, she said, he gave me such a huge hug and said, thanks mm -hmm. for all you do. Mm, for the first time, for the first time in their married life, he realized how much she put in. She was come always on. with the child. The days she, she didn't go to work, and she only worked like maybe three days in a week. So the days she didn't go to work, and she, she's working yeah. three days. So on her way to work, she'll drop the child off at daycare. But on this day, he said, "You, you just go. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it." Yeah, mm. <laughs> he knew what. So he, he, his mind. There was a mind shift. Yeah. There was a mental shift on that day. And from that day, she said, it's been different. Now they yeah. do things together. When yeah. she's tired, he takes the child and says, you go get some sleep. Yes. Let me take care of the child. And that's the way it should be. But what we find, to your point, is this mentality. And it's not just in your culture, Nick. Mm -hmm. In my culture, yeah. it's probably even worse. Um, in a culture where not so much anymore, where polygamy was allowed, it, th th there was a struggle between the women to, you know, please the husband. And so the man was yeah. just like, he was the chief of the house. He would just sit yeah. and chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so sons would grow up seeing that. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. the daughters are being raised to be the dutiful wife and everything. And recently yeah, I read course. a post where somebody said, let's teach our sons as well. But even, even if we look at the Bible, what the Bible is saying is that we need to support one another. Now you find that in yeah. some homes, that support is lacking. Mm -hmm. I mean, to your point, your wife got to the point where she spoke out and you gave her the chance to. Um, so many women don't get that chance, unfortunately, to be able to yeah. vent and speak out. But in, in situations where the woman is not able to express herself, yet she's found her purpose. She knows mm. that this is what God has called me to do. Yeah, she's not able to do it because she's labored with all these things that she's doing. Um, even for single women yeah. who are not married, we get caught up in doing so much. How can we stop this go, go, go mentality? How can we um, stop this doing mentality and rest like you have said? I I'm trying to help women here. Step no, into that's... The empowerment yeah. that god has given them god has given us, us his spirit his spirit is on the inside of us and that's where the empowerment comes from mm, yeah you know a lot of times we need to go back in and reflect like I, right now i am in a very quiet place i'm in a very quiet moment i'm not mm. talking much I, i'm just trying to reflect and i'm speaking to god and saying lord give me direction what's my next step where do i go from here mm. i'm just being quiet but how do we help women to understand that this rest is critical yeah it is necessary to go back to him. Something wrong with your audio. So I think that rest, it, it is birthed from belief. So like if you go back to Hebrews and you read about the people who believed God and believed that he meant what he said and that his promises were true, 
and their identity was secure in him, mm -hmm. they entered his rest. So mm -hmm. we cannot enter rest apart from believing God for what he says to us. So like as an empowered woman, my, my heart cry would be that you believe who you are because God said it. You believe who you are because he spoke it. Now, if, if you're dealing with the, the wrestling of that identity, how do I see this become real? How do I see this become a reality in my life? Mm -hmm. That is where I take a step back as a pastor. And I now say, this is where the Holy Spirit needs to come in and offer what you just described in that story, which is revelatory knowledge. So the husband had a revelation that his wife was doing all this work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was a revelation of, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, something that she could not explain to him, mm. traditional knowledge. So just gnosis, which is knowledge, she, he couldn't get that from just gnosis. He okay. had to get that from revelation. Mm -hmm. and so that's where my heart is like, I take a step back as a pastor and say, like, we need the spirit of God to provide revelation to one another. Um, I, I would also say to single women, if they are in any space where they're in a relationship, and this relationship is starting to chalk up as, as um, there's not support. There is not that two-way street. Don't think that by getting into marriage, you'll be able to change that man. Don't sure. think that by, oh, if I just marry him, he'll feel that I love him enough that he'll change for me. Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. doesn't work that way. It doesn't. <laughs> so like, it never has. If you, feel, if you feel called to marry someone and you really feel that and you've got counsel around you that's saying, there's wisdom, you've got support, you've got, and, and you want to go, go for it. But I am so like, I am, I do a lot of premarital counseling, a lot. And in premarital counseling, a lot of the conversation stems from what kids observed when they were growing up. Yes. So how they observed it, it often dictates how they are going to act it out because kids true. watch and then do. Yes. And as adults, we do the same thing. We watched our parents do something and oftentimes we do that thing. Yes. And so my, my heart cry for any woman that is even considering marriage mm -hmm. is do not compromise what Christ has put inside of you mm -hmm. for the sake of trying to please a man or trying to find some like, oh man, I won't find out my destiny until I'm married. Like, mm -hmm. I do believe in the power of marriage. I do believe in the power of multiplication through marriage. Mm -hmm. I don't though believe that the man is somehow her identity, if you will, like a piece of her identity is missing that a man i've heard i heard one other person say when you enter into marriage mm -hmm. um, oftentimes we say these phrases like you complete me mm. you're my better half mm. um, that mentality is at its root a victim mentality hmm. which the idea that i am not empowered i need you in order to even exist i need you to and, and to, to even have an identity you're not coming in with a half you're coming in with a full so marriage is not it's not 50 50 it's a hundred hundred yeah because like, in him i live and move and have my being i am completing him who is the head of all principality and powers <laughs> i am seated with him in heavenly places right so i am coming full yeah. i am coming empowered you know <clears throat> i've described it this way empower you we are filled with the ability to do things that the other person cannot do come on yeah. You and I have talked about bone and and um, dos, and you described to me how you went to, um, was it Omaha, Nebraska? Yep, 
Oh, I believe it was. Yes, you went to Omaha, Nebraska, and she went with you, you know, not complaining, but eventually you came back because, she, and she knew before that you were going to come back. And you said something that was, that struck me. You said she had to have a, she loved home birth, but she had to have her child in the hospital, something that she yeah. hadn't, hadn't planned for. And you said, if that was you, you would have crumbled. But she oh, yeah. has that ability, that innate ability, that empowerment to be able to do that and go through it and come out without being scathed in any way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You could not have done that because the abilities that you have are different, right? Very the different. abilities that she has are different. Like, for example, you told me about God blessing you with a business and she's running it. Now, you couldn't do that because that would mean leaving your job. But she, she had... She had deposited in, in her the grace, the empowerment, the ability to do all those things while you keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah. We're coming full, no doubt about it. But I find that even when we come full, Nick, and, and you can speak to this as a pastor. Yeah. When we come full as, as you know, individuals, man, women, we come full, right? Mm -hmm. More often than not, the woman ends up being crushed, being mm. wounded being broken even in that marriage and and this is why i tell single women again to your point don't think that your completion is in that marriage or in that man you are already empowered what you need to do is go back in look inward let the holy spirit show you what your empowerment is yeah. many many women are, are are being subdued not necessarily abused or being subdued because somebody does not understand their role. Somebody does not yeah. understand the, the role of the, the, the woman the, and, and they want to dominate because yep. they feel like, again, when I come from work, I need to chill. I need to rest because that's how they were raised. That's what they saw growing yep. up and they think it's yep. right. How can we help those men? So am I speaking we'll to men? Because I can speak to we, men. And we've have talked to the women quite a bit. Because going back yeah. to where we started from, male and female created it then, and he blessed them and spoke yeah. to both of them. How can we help those men? <clears throat> I know we've talked about, yeah. you know, supporting and all that, but how can we help them to understand that we are all coming full? I'm not mm. coming, it's not a 50-50 situation. I'm not coming half full yeah. or half empty. I'm coming full. You are coming full. How can we maximize that fullness to the glory well, of God? I'll be honest. I think most men actually probably come to a marriage um, or a relationship very similarly that a woman might come in the sense that they, they may put on a face of fullness, but a lot of men also really struggle with actually feeling full wow. and actually feeling like they're operating from an identity that comes from God. And mm -hmm. so very often that's and that literally that has to do with the father culture that a lot of us men lacked um and it's like you know i had a dad growing up i had a dad who was amazing he loved me he cared for me um there was a long period of time though in my life where i really needed my dad um and my dad just worked and he wasn't really present and so it made it and even when he was home he was gone like this was checked out um, and so I struggled with that as a man because I was looking for that approval as a man that I'm approved as a man and that you approve of me, dad. Um, and what happens is 
when we can't get that approval sometimes from our dad, we start looking for that approval in women. And we start looking for that approval in relationships that are unhealthy and toxic. Um, And we often, we, the reason why a lot of men just belittle women like that and try to like push them down. And I'm going to be really vulnerable. This is something I struggled with early in my marriage was I struggled with this idea of that my wife could be fully powerful and capable without me. That scared me as a man. Because it meant that I would lose the approval. I would lose the one who would approve of me. It was this weird lie that just sat Mm. in the back of my head that if I let her go and she doesn't approve of me, I'm going to fall apart. And so it like you create these systems to try to control someone Mm. because you want that approval. You want that thing from them. And it's like we end up crushing I believe that those scriptures are the scriptures. Whatever they say is what I stick with. So like if it says that women are the weaker vessel, it means that, but it's not giving men permission to treat them like a weaker vessel. Amen. I mean, for, for goodness sake, our weakest pieces of, uh, uh, of our life are like our equipment. Th- think, about, think about your phone and how mm-hmm. weak it is. If I mm-hmm. dropped it on the concrete, oh, it's yeah. going to shatter. Yeah. Um, and now that they got glass on the front and the back. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but we treat our phones with more honor than we treat our wives. Oh my God. Say like that we again. We case it and we protect it and we like, <laughs> we put insurance policies on it. I know. Screen protectors. I mean, we do so much to keep these precious little phones safe yeah. Yeah. because they yeah, mean yeah. so much to us. Yeah. But here, here's, here's what makes some, what makes something valuable, how much you paid for it. So yeah. how much you paid for it can often mean how much it's, how, how valuable or how rare it is. So yeah. for instance, if I have a phone that costs me $1,200, I'm going to take care of that sucker because yeah. I don't want to go spend another $1,200. What a lot of men are not realizing is that you've just given your life away to a woman. And if you're willing, are you, are, let me phrase it this way. Are you willing to lose that woman and go and do it again with another woman? Are you willing to lose that? Are you willing to, are you willing to respend the emotional capital? Are you willing to respend that, uh, that human connection. I mean, I heard one pastor, he looked at me, he goes, Nick, I've been married for 15 years. He goes, at this point, if either of us cheated on the other person, he goes, I'm not going anywhere. I don't want to start over. (laughs) I died laughing. I know what he was saying. He's not saying like, yes, we can cheat on him. What he's saying though, is I've spent so much of my time. I've invested into her. Yes. At this point, if she screws up, I'm sticking with her because he's like, I don't want to have to redo all of that. That's 15 years of life I've done with someone. And yet I feel like so often we kind of check out, you know, it used to be like a, I can't remember what the the term was. It was something like a 10 year itch. And then it became a seven year itch. And then it became a five year itch. And then it became a three. I'm like, what is this language we're talking about? You mean you can't go longer than seven years in a relationship, in a marriage without wanting to go and cheat on her? Wow. Really? You can't make it seven years, dude? Like, if, if, that's, if that's what you're saying, you can't make it seven years. I also ask these men, how long have you been at your job? How yeah. long have you been trying to climb the corporate ladder? How mm-hmm. long do you plan on being at your job so that you can climb that ladder? Because think about that. You're willing to give more time and more effort and commitment to a job Mm -hmm. so that you can spend the next 30 years and end up as the CEO Mm -hmm. than you are in a marriage where you could actually end up with an intimate friend who is connected to you and you are connected to them. 
and it's so I think sometimes it's just, it just has to do with that backwardsness of of priority. It also really has to do with that father culture. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a if you don't have that connection and that approval, you'll start mm -hmm. seeking for it elsewhere, mm -hmm. um, and you'll start trying to find it in women, and then mm -hmm. you'll try to suppress that woman so that you don't lose that approval in your life. You don't lose that peace. Um, and and this last bit, if I can, just I'll, I'll just add this here for for my sake because this is kind of like in my own marriage, one of the things that I really struggle with, I mean, my wife is very, very strong and empowered. She knows who she is. Um, there's, there was no question about that. Um, and I realized I had observed passive aggressive behavior from my dad towards my mom. I had observed that I observed him kind of cut her down a few times and my mom's strong, but like I watched him do that. And I realized there is not a single woman on planet earth that can handle a lifetime of that. Not one, just like there's no man that I can, I can think of. There are not men that I can think of that, that can handle that kind of cut and chop and chop and chop and chop. And so men, I think sometimes come in with the scripture verses in their head of wives need to submit. Yeah. Uh, you're the head of the house and then you're connected to Christ. I mean, so we hear that stuff, but we completely breeze past the scriptures that talk about, you are to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Mm -hmm. So how did Christ love the church? He Give died himself. for her. He died. Like, so I heard another pastor say, welcome to your death march, men. Like, <laughs> if you're getting into marriage, welcome to your death march. And like, you could hear the air. Everybody just is like, but it's, it's real. It's true. You are, you are entering a marriage. You are entering a relationship where you as a man, you may be the stronger vessel, but you are required to lay your life down because Jesus was flesh. the strongest vessel. And he still laid his life down and submitted to death. Um, and I, I love first Peter three. It's one of my favorite passages. Husbands in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with a weaker partner, showing them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life. So that your prayers won't be hindered. Yeah. So a lot of dudes are struggling right now with purpose in their own life. God's not listening to me. God doesn't care about me. God doesn't listen to me. When's the last time you honored your wife as a co-heir? Mm. When's the last time you treated her as an equal in the same grace that you have in Christ Jesus? When's the last time you treated her like that? Amen. Because I can promise you right now, and I can, I can speak to my, myself, when I felt the farthest away from God when it was when I was the most disconnected from my wife. Mm. When I disconnected from her, when I pulled away from her, when I stopped connecting with her is when I felt most distant from him mm. because I, I stopped I stopped mm. honoring her as a co-heir. Mm. My relationship changed from being a single guy because a lot of guys still want to be single in their marriages. Yeah. Your identity, your ability, your connection with God changed the minute you made covenant with that woman. Why? Mm. Because that wife that you just took into your life, you became one with. So now your relationship with God is no longer determined based off of my own attitude towards him. It is our attitude towards him that now is defining that relationship with God. So if this is disconnected between me and my wife, this becomes disconnected. And I can literally speak to every single time I felt disconnected from God was because I was disconnected from my wife every single time without fail, because my relationship with God changed the day I said yes to my wife for all of eternity. So when I said yes, God didn't, God no longer observed me as Nicholas, the individual. Am I still an individual? hundred percent. But he no longer is observing me just as the individual. Now I am connected, one. Paul called it a great mystery. 
I, I'm in this mysterious union with mm-hmm. my wife mm-hmm. that God now observes us as a married couple. He, mm-hmm. he observes us as one, not just Nick and yeah. Hannah. Yeah. So I think that's, that's just, to me, that's like something as a man that I had to come to realization, come to the realization of, because oftentimes I'd enter a prayer. You're going to love this, Doppel. <laughs> I would enter a prayer and be like, God, I need, you know, I got to do something, God, like, you know, show, show me how to, oh, what did he, what did he say? Um, show me, I said, God, you gotta, you gotta kill, kill this flesh inside. Just take it all away. And he goes, all right, uh, love your wife. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, like, you gotta just, come on, God, like kill it inside. Like, just take it out. And you just, just rip it up. And he goes, yeah, love your wife. Wow. I was like, I, but God, like, you don't understand what I'm saying. Like, I want to, I want to walk as a new man. I want to walk as a <laughs> Nick. Love, love your, your wife. wife. And I went, how do you want me to love her? <laughs> and he said, he said, uh, he said, go do the dishes for her. <laughs> I, just, I remember in that moment, I hate dishes. You guys, there's nothing worse on planet earth. I cannot, <laughs> I don't know why it's so chaotic in my head that I'm like, I can't even touch it. So I, I freak out when I see dishes, but in that moment, he's like, go do the dishes, Nick. And I was like, I don't want to. And he's like, go do the dishes, Nick. And it just, it was that almost wrestling with him that it came to the, I came to the realization, a lot of the death I needed to experience inside of myself and death to my flesh and death Mm -hmm. to my desires Mm -hmm. was simply going to come about because I loved my wife. And if I loved her, that meant it was sacrificial because kingdom love isn't selfish love. It is sacrificial love. So if you're going to love your wife, he's not talking about, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say it just bluntly here. He's not talking about have a good time in bed. You know, he's not talking about like, make sure you get her flowers. He's not talking about make sure you buy her chocolates. On That's not what he's talking about. When he says, love your wife, he is using a sacrificial love system, mm-hmm. which is lay your life down for her. Give up everything for her. Mm-hmm. Surrender to what God has called you to be inside of your marriage. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to be something outside of it. Mm-hmm. So it's just, that's, that's a long thing for we men. We need to have on. a men, for men only <laughs> session, Nick. We need to have a for men only session because what we find is that um, a lot of women struggle because they don't get this that you're talking about. This, this has been yeah. eye-opening for me. I'm a pastor myself, but this is going to help me to minister to men in a different way. Um, yeah. So what I'm hearing, it sounds to me like men are coming in broken themselves. Absolutely. Even though we're supposed to come in full, men are broken. Women are broken by their life experiences and we're all coming together. But where the empowerment comes from is from the inside, from the Holy Spirit who's supposed to help let me, us. Let me, can I add this just real quick? Because as Go. you said this, this just came to my mind by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So it is impossible to enter a marriage without brokenness. Okay, every person okay. is going to come in broken. We all have to, we all are coming in that way, mm-hmm. which is why as Christians, we put our hope in Christ yes. because we recognize I'm broken. Mm-hmm. I need him yeah. because he makes me whole. Mm-hmm. So we recognize that we need Christ in that true wholeness, true oneness comes about when you enter marriage vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So when we say enter a whole, I'm not talking about, see, sometimes I feel like men and women delay marriage for so long because they're Mm -hmm. trying to fix themselves. Mm -hmm. But it's like true happiness, true joy in marriage is when you come in and you are just open and you say, this is where I'm at. That's wholeness. That's oneness right there. What we struggle with and what often causes a lot of the conflict and struggle is you're trying to cover something you can't see that part of my heart you can't Mm -hmm. see that part of my past you can't see that part of my family the hardest thing for me to do dapo was to admit to my wife that i grew up in a household where there wasn't a lot of deep love and affection Mm -hmm. 
Mm. That was the hardest thing to admit to her. It's the hardest thing to admit that my dad didn't connect with me very well when I was growing up. Mm. Now, is God doing a work in him now? Are we absolutely so thankful mm. for him? So if he's watching this, dad, I love you. You're amazing. Mm. I'm so mm. thankful for what God's doing right now. Mm. But if we, if we come in trying to cover the pieces of us that are broken so that mm -hmm. we look whole, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever you declare you are, whatever you promote, mm -hmm. you have to sustain. That's right. So if you, you promote yourself, you can't sustain, you sustain without Christ. Yourself. Without nope. Christ, you so cannot. True humility, true union comes when the, when the couple comes together and says, I'm broken in this area. I need you in this area. I don't know how to do this. I'm going to lean on you in this area. Yeah. And the other says, you know what? I'm strong in that area. I'm, I can help you with that. I can love you in this way. Here's where I need you. And when you come like that, it's super scary first off because you're trusting the other person not to run away from you. <laughs> but then like, so what happens though, sometimes we wait until after marriage to reveal these things. How much more powerful if as men and women, before we got married, we allowed those things to be revealed to us by Christ. So he reveals those things. The Holy Spirit convicts us of those things. And that is true empowerment is recognizing these are my shortfalls these are my strengths and then when you're when you're courting someone and you're talking about potentially marrying mm -hmm. being real about that being vulnerable about it not mm -hmm. trying to be this like like as men like you know i'm just so cool i'm so you know yeah you know? because the reality is is your weird stuff is going to come out in your marriage and so why not just talk about it beforehand and be real and vulnerable and you'll actually connect on a level where there can be true unity, true oneness. And I'm not saying do that on the first date. Please don't do that on the first date. I'm talking about like when you've made that decision that this is somebody I want to pursue for marriage, mm -hmm. not I want to probably pursue for marriage. Mm -hmm. This is somebody I am choosing to pursue for marriage. Mm -hmm. That's when you start saying, okay, we need to have some conversations about where I'm at, mm -hmm. what I need, and then having that vulnerable conversation back and forth. And in that space, mm -hmm. Christ then comes in and he fills the gaps. And he fills everything that is broken and he goes whoosh and he just fills it and creates unity that you can't create on your own. That's why the cord of three strands is so important. Yes. It's not just yes. let's add God to the mix. It's as a, as pottery that's shattered, you cannot piece pottery back together unless you have something binding all of, all of it together. Yeah. So you have to have Christ in the midst of your marriage because yeah. you are yeah. coming yeah. together as pottery that's just being crafted together. The pottery has been broken and shattered so that you can become one. And Christ has to be that seam in between everything. Yes, and it can't happen if you're not being real and being yeah. vulnerable about yeah. where you are at. So I just had to add that. Absolutely. Thank you for adding that. You know, my mentor and I talked about broken crayons still color. And also um, broken glass still beautiful. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. When, so all the mosaic we see in churches, they're all made from broken glass. You know, but they're, they're yeah. melted and color is added and everything comes together and it's very beautiful. Um, yeah. Even though we're coming broken, this has been honestly eye-opening for me when it comes to the men. And you and I need to have a for men only session where we talk yeah. to the men so they can help their women step into the empowerment that God has given them. Um, at this I'll point, even invite some pastors too. I got some, I got some guys that are real vulnerable. They'll just share okay. everything. Okay, we can do it. We yeah. absolutely should do that, Nick. I would love to host that and sure. have them. Yeah, you and I will talk offline, but I'm going to have to stop at this point. It's been, <laughs> it's been so rich. It's been such a blessing. It's been so eye-opening. We started from scripture. We've ended up being very honest and being vulnerable. But I want to thank you, mm -hmm. Nick, for, yeah. for opening up your heart, for opening up your home um, to us so, so that we can learn. And I, I, I'm going to send this to some of my 
young adopted sons so they can listen. And mm. this will help them. Um, we're all coming from, from brokenness. But somebody said, as one of the John Maxwell team coaches said, there's a gold mine in your ugly story. You just mm. have to dig. Come you just on. have to dig deep. I just had an interview with Latasha Holden. She was selected as the National Mother of the Year 2000. And she went from wow. being homeless at 35 with six children to a PhD. Come on. But the, the change happened when she realized that she is valuable. And, mm. and right now I'm working on the value principle. When in a session with Jamie the other day, and I talked about value. When you know your value, when you know mm -hmm. the value that God has put in you, it affects everything in your life, including what you eat. Everything. 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 And I think that's where, that's where we struggle, both male and female. We, we, because of the fall, we're all broken. And we're, we're, we're coming and some, somebody is saying, I'm this cool guy. And someone is saying, well, I'm this little girl, you know. But mm. I, I, I trust that this is going to help somebody. And if you're out there, you are married or you're single, you're a woman, you're a man. Um, probably this is for men, but uh, for women, but men, you're welcome to listen. My, my prayer is that what Nick has shared today will bring a transformation in your life like never before. That would help you to step into the empowerment that God has given you, that God has called you into. Enough of the struggles, enough of just, you know, fighting and trying to figure out what your identity is. Your identity is in Christ. And when you mm. come and your cross is first of all vertical and before it's horizontal, if everything falls into place. So I, I'm, I'm going to wish you Godspeed and I pray that God's empowerment will fall upon you afresh even after this session. Thank you Amen. again. Thank you for Thank joining you. us, Nick. Thank you, uh, Thank viewers, you. listeners for joining and I pray that you have a wonderful, 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 wonderful day. Amen. Amen. Thank you.